Hello, friends. Welcome to Radio Free Mavericks. We've had a weird week. I've had a weird week. It's been one of these uh, weeks at home. My son had his tonsils removed, so I've slept no more than like 120 minutes at a time because I keep having to give him pain meds. It's been six days. So I could be hallucinating this entire thing. Um, But apparently, over the last... 48 hours, the Mavericks have moved on from Rick Carlisle, as well as Donnie Nelson. Um, I might be the GM. I'm really not sure. Um, It's it's some interesting interesting stuff going on. For those of you who are locker room fiends and addicts, and there's a fair amount of you, just because I, I love seeing the same faces in our shows every time, I'm guessing you've talked to some of our friends every now and uh, the folks who do this regularly. Or the folks who are trying it out for the first time. Um, so you might not have a ton to say, but I would uh, I, I would appreciate it if, if you came up on stage and, and spoke your piece or asked me a question. We will figure all this out. My speaker requests are still not working, which I, I have to uh, guess is an app-related problem. So I've seen one invite so far going to bring up joel to talk i don't understand why the invites aren't working um at least in in terms of a speaker request thing i'm going to send a bug note tonight we'll get that figured out uh so you know let's go ahead and um you know if, if you send me a speaker request like let me know in the chat i'll try to keep like a mental note we don't have like 400 people in here tonight so it shouldn't be too big of a deal but uh let's hang out for a bit joel what's going on wasn't I just saying on your last locker room how the next person to go would be Rick? Yeah, was... and and I feel very stupid for not anticipating it because Brad Townsend of Dallas Morning News noted how like there's just a lot of connections between Donnie and Rick, and I feel very stupid. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was so predictable just from the very beginning, just the way they were trying to spin it PR-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think if they were to make another big move, I could see them actually going with the next domino. Um, I was listening to the low post and that was pretty interesting what they were talking about <laughs> in terms of KP. I mean, that's some stuff from K about KP that we kind of like assumed. Um, but, you know, I guess this is kind of, a... I'm a little too old for this phrase, but that, that was like one of the most sips tea podcasts that I can remember in terms of basketball in some time. Cause like, like, you know, Tim McMahon covers like five teams. And I suppose at a certain point he has to figure out which stuff he actually wants to cover, but he just unloaded. And, and, you know, all the people who were like, ah, I don't know if I believe Tim, you know, there was like, <laughs> he just kept dropping bombs. What were some of your favorites from that podcast? Oh, oh my God! There's just so many bombs. Um, just because I'm in the spirit of figuring out what's going to be next, and it's kind of looking juicy. Um, so when they were talking about how KP wouldn't actually be angry if he was traded, he, you know, he he understands that if he he's going to stay, it sounds like he's going to treat it like a kind of in a contract year type of way, where he's definitely mm-hmm. going to be playing to get out of there. Um, I think he definitely wants to improve regardless, whether it's in a new home or whether it's just to get out of there. But 
definitely sounded like, um, or he, what, what did he use the, t- the phrase, uh, awkward at best, his relationship with KP? Well, and that seems to be not just a Luca KP thing. That seems to be a KP and everyone dynamic. KP gives off large, like Sarah Silverman. If, if, you know, you keep having bad roommates, you're the bad roommate vibe. And it's not because he's like a bad dude or anything. Like he's just a different guy. I mean, that was like my favorite thing, like the days after the, uh, the snowstorm in Dallas, where it's like all these like Mavs are taking pictures together and like KP's like on a rooftop by himself. Like, he went to a strip club by himself. Um, that's a choice. Uh, and and there's just, you know, KP's just kind of a different guy. I, I would I would hate to see him go only in the sense of the offense works better with him. Like, there's just tons of data that backs this up. But the headache that surrounds him, everything else, that, that it, it, I'm just glad that, like, kind of the veneer is off with all this, where there's, I'm not necessarily... I think that 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 in terms of both Donnie and Rick being gone, we're very much in a be careful what you wish for situation because the next man up, the grass is not always greener, all sorts of platitudes, yada, yada, yada. But it, it this is just, this is a very precarious time where I, I hope we, we either don't remember this at all in five years or we're going to look back on it and go, oh, here's where things went from weird to horrifying. I do completely agree that best case scenario for the Mavs with KP is that he stays and performs for at least the first half of the season. It's just mm-hmm. necessary. Any any other route, any route that involves trading him, we just won't get equal value. Um, now, if a big free agent dis- or a big you know person on the trading block decided, even bef- during this free agency over the summer, if they just decided to say, hey, I want to go to Dallas, then obviously we can clear the books um, a little bit. But otherwise, I don't see how, you know, trading KP is going to be a route to necessarily building anything, um, you know, that's really going to ensure championship contender status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's really something. Like, I'm watching this Bucks game tonight, and I just feel more – I've been making, like, jokes for, like, three weeks that Rick was going to go to um, – was going to go to the Bucks and then DallasBasketball.com. I don't remember if it was Mike Fisher or Dalton. Like somebody like actually got like like him on the record to say like no. But I mean now that he's been now that he's been like like he doesn't work for the Mavs anymore. There's just something there. There just is because like like uh, Bud gives me strong Avery vibes, and that would be really something if Carl wouldn't replace him. But th- this is just such an odd time because we're so used to stability. And with that stability comes like the the free reign of just like incessant bitching, which I'm very good at. I am a, a masterful complainer. Um, the the folks on uh, the folks on on um, Mavs Moneyball Slack can can attest to this because I like I like snarked it all. Like they're all really like chittering uh, in our Slack about the about the news when Carlisle got fired, but nobody uh, nobody wrote, and so I yelled at all of them. Uh, but it, it's it's just it's one of these weird times where I think we kind of we, we got to get used to the weirdness, like just embrace the sense of change. So, well, what I, else I do have a us? feeling. Just a last thought. Um, how I how I tweeted at you and Kenny and and Bibbs earlier about getting <laughs> on a podcast because I noticed that it was the first like big news that came out where you guys didn't rush to do something like emergency. Like, no one really cared that much, it seemed like. I will tell you. So, you know, 
peel behind the curtain. I came home from work to watch my kid today, and he was begging me to try the ring fit on on his on on his wife on my wife's uh, whatever the Nintendo system is. So I'm sitting here trying to help him get it figured out, and I see all this news breaking, and I was like, "Oh no!" And then I thought, "Can I do a locker room while he's doing this?" And the answer was no. <laughs> So I just didn't even try. I mean, I I wanted to talk about this almost immediately because I think it's really interesting. The coaching options right now, like there was a shit-tastic article by Sam Quinn of CBS Sports. And I don't know him from Adam, so I don't mean to like insult him as a person, but he doesn't know his ass from his elbow when it comes to basketball stuff. And he put like Jason Kidd is number two. And like, unless Cuban has lost all sense of bearing, like Jason Kidd will never be the Mavericks coach. Number one, Cuban doesn't like Jason Kidd because he he changed his mind about, you know, resigning with the Mavericks. And number two, the organization that has, uh, you know, issues with uh, sexual harassment claims and, and you know, the domestic violence problem with one of their former employees is not going to hire the guy with domestic violence and drunk driving issues on his record. Sorry, not happening. Anyways, um, thank you for hanging out. You got anything else? Nope. I'm... Well, you're the man for hanging out. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we have a pair of Mavs Moneyball contributors, two of my favorite locker room guests, as always, Matt Phillips and Xavier, even though X decided to just take himself off stage. Matt, what's up? Matt, what's up? Oh, not a lot. So, uh, the overall feeling I got right now is just the hope of the unknown. This is the first time in a really long time that we don't know what the front office and the coaching staff is going to, going to do. And yeah, we could screw it up. But hopefully it'll just it'll be different. Like it's hopeful. I mean, and that's part of being a fan. Right. Right. No, that's a really, really good point. Um, I suppose I'm mainly like this is just so purely selfish. I was really looking forward to just kind of coasting through the rest of the playoffs and then maybe having things tune up because with our super kind of condensed schedule, um, which there's a lot of stuff to talk about, really, um, because, you know, the, the if, if you're paying attention at all, like, Luca will be playing basketball, I think, like, you know, in, like, the next 8 to 12 hours. Like, there's just all those sorts of options, and then there's the draft, which we can lament, but, you know, I still love following the draft, and, and even if, you know, the Mavericks aren't in it. And then there is like free agency in summer league. Like there's just a ton of stuff going on. So, yeah, I mean like this is a little bit backtracking cause it's about Donnie, but UNX will know that in the, the slack, I was the one defender of, which is of the whole, the Mavs have not really screwed up the draft that bad recently. And then I was working on that Donnie piece that I'm working on and I went back and looked and that is just the worst take ever. It is so wrong. And I didn't realize how like the, I under, like I I fell for some of their justifications and stuff, but if you look at it, we have legitimately since 1998 drafted five people with meaningful NBA careers, and no matter what excuses you make for it or anything, that's just not acceptable. And I'm not saying like we've drafted five people who are stars. Like I'm counting Jay Crowder as one of those five people. That is terrible, and. So we have that. I mean, whoever the new person is, they're not going to have that that history. And then with Carlisle, Carlisle is an absolute basketball genius. 
and he is he can change some things because if you look at like the offense we run now, it is so different than the flow offense we ran for forever that he's so famous for. But it'll just it really will it'll be fun to see some things attacked from a new way. And and like I said, it just to me because I'm always going to lean optimistic. That's what I mean when we did some stuff in the podcast and stuff for the games. That's what I was the optimistic one and like, hey, we still have a chance and everything for the playoffs. But it really is. I mean, until I have a reason to give up on it, I am going to be hopeful. And this is a good chance for that. So early going, Matt, is there anyone like, you know, like the hot coaching, you know, topic du jour is Jamal Mosley. And I don't know. Not a fan. I not a fan. Remember to mute yourself, guys, when I invite you up. Thank, Thank you. you. Sorry, that's something. The new app has some uh, quirks, is what I'll say. Um, I'm not against Mosley in the sense of I am just kind of more broadly concerned about internal promotion and what that means with an organization that has at its head, like you know, Jerry Jones sent through a fax machine six times and Mark Cuban. And I'm just, I'm not very interested in internal promotions internal because promotions I think there needs to be I something fresh going, something on. fresh going on. Uh, one of the problems I would have with Mosley is I, I don't think he has enough clout to get on Luca when Luca needs to be gotten on. Like That's we saw what in I mean. the playoffs. That's what I mean. Yeah, we saw well, one, and I think you said this in the Slack actually, but you can't, your boss and your friend can't really be the same person. Like, those are two different things. Like, it's great for Mosley to be on the staff, and the assistant coach who is great friends with the best player is a time honored tradition. But if you look at most of the times when those people have ended up being head coaches, it really doesn't go well because that's happened several times throughout like random history. But also, it's, I mean, like, if we look at it, I wouldn't hate us hiring somebody I've never heard of because I remember Eric Spolstra was somebody nobody had ever heard of when he first got hired. Um, and Spolstra is one of the few coaches who has an argument with Carlisle for being one of the best coaches in the league. Um, but I, I wouldn't have a problem with us going and coming because there are people who know basketball, like, at an insane level that we don't know who they are as random people. And so it wouldn't bother me that much if we end up with somebody I've never heard of, but I don't want, like, I don't want Mike D'Antoni. I don't want, uh, I I don't want Mosley because as fantastic as Luca is and to use the Twitter thing, like I'm completely fine with putting on the cape and everything to defend him since some of the crazy criticism that he receives, but he, he is a 22 year old kid and every now and then he needs to be, you know, kind of, he needs to be kind of put back in his place and we need a coach who, who is comfortable doing that and isn't just his friend. That's just going to let him do whatever. So that's my take. That's why I would not be a fan of the Mosley hire. And also isn't Mosley in charge of our defense? Cause it's kind of terrible and it seems weird to promote the defensive coordinator basically to. Love it, Matt. Thank you for hanging out. I'm going to let some of the other people come up here. Um, that was That's actually been my – Josh Boat crushes me in this in post-game podcast because he's like, well, it's really Rick. And it's like, okay, but, you know, I don't know. I just don't like drop coverage. That's that's neither here nor there. I, I've been yelled at enough in DMs today from people who know stuff about basketball that are like, you, just, you need to give Mosley a chance. And 
be, remember, being a head coach is not necessarily about X's and O's. It's an art. It's it's a it's being a politician. It's it, you know having like people having people like you is a value. Um, you know, Damian Lillard was really into Minnesota uh, assistant coach David Vanderpool. I think is how you say his name, and like like was like standing for him, and like that sort of stuff is pretty valuable to me. Um, all right, so Matt has been hanging out for a while. Good. How you doing, Kurt? Oh, you know, I just wish the app would work for me. But we'll... still there. Yeah. So, uh, just my thoughts on it. I thought that Carlisle uh, firing was a good move. I think that it was. I think he's still a very good coach, but I think it was time. And I think this goes very underrated. I think that Tyloo actually outcoached him in that series, so I almost think it's a good, like, good thing just to move on. But one thing I see, I almost judge Luca as like. LeBron, like him, like in the Miami and early Cleveland days, and I agree with the last person, uh, Matt. I think his name was when he said that they need like a hard, a hard coach to push him. Like, don't you see? Like, I don't think Mash. I I, I don't think Mosley will work. Do you think that they'll hire like an old school vet, or do you think they'll hire within? That's just my only. Well, Matt, first thing I need to know is how old were you in two thousand eight when Carlisle was hired? Um. I'm tw- I'm 22, so I and I. Damn not, it! You were to be honest, you were, I'm more of a Luca fan than a than a. That's okay. Than, just knowing okay. that you were nine upsets the hell out of me. I'm just teasing, man. Thank you. That's actually a very good question. Um, I would say that that I want them to bring in. There, you know, the Mavericks bench coaches has some talent. So, like, you hear Becky Hammond a lot. And gosh, what's her name? Jenny. Uh, I don't. How do you say her last name? Does anybody know Xavier? Oh, anyone? The one from New Orleans. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Busek, is that how you say her name? I don't want to butcher yeah. it, but yeah, I have it heard is, from yeah. people. I've heard from people who know more than me that insist that she is probably the single most qualified person to be an NBA head coach in the league. Now, I don't know if they actually do that, but that's the sort of thing where. Like if you're gonna go off, like go off in a big way. Like let let make a big swing. Um, you know maybe that is Mosley because Mosley is involved with just about every coach hire uh, possible, and it's it's been, yeah. He was he was involved in both the Houston one, which ended up going to Stephen Silas, and his name's getting dropped a lot. So you know you have to figure at a certain point he's gonna get his chance, and so you know like like uh, the number of Mavs fans have noted, maybe maybe he should be the guy. Like I. I yeah, I totally agree. I just think that, like I said, I feel like I hope he stays. I don't think, and I, I'm not trying to say he's leaving anywhere. I think he's going to sign the max, but I think you kind of get on the horse, and if you let him get somebody that's not going to push him around, then he's not going to get any better, and I totally agree. I, I was thinking Hannon, but I, I'm i not just saying this. I don't really know if Luke is going to listen to Hannon, so sure, I, that's all sure. I, I Yeah. I mean, so. that was the funny part about Tim McMahon on, on the low post there where it's like, the question is, is who is Luca going to listen to ever? Because he's playing basketball in a different realm of existence at 22. So it's got, it's got to be a. Re- to be honest, the only person that I think, and I think it's more of a player. I think if you get Goran Dragic on this team and you get, and I know this sounds really dumb, but I think he'll listen to him as a player. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in like another coach. I know that sounds. Low, it but, does not like, sound I mean, dumb. The old- it does not sound dumb yes. at all because the lack of true veteran. Like, Boban was the closest thing to a veteran on this team. And Boban's like the – he's the guy that makes everybody happy. That's his role. But Berea, you know, I was wrong about Berea, where his voice, he served as a go-between between Luca and Carlisle. 
And not having that this year is why Carlisle is no longer the coach, I think, in no because sometimes you need that buffer, that translator, that person, you know, if, if you if you have like, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, kind of being the, the translator between my brother and my mother <laughs> when I was younger. And it's like you need that person to like help, you know, see, kind of put things on the table and say, all right, this isn't the end of the world. And, you know, after listening to McMahon today, it was very clear, like, like, there's nobody in the organization this year that could tell Luca to simmer the fuck down. Uh, and it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to like, he's an unbelievable basketball player. And unfortunately when it comes to basketball stuff, he's largely right. So it's, it's, you know, having like a veteran presence, I think next year is going to be very important along with the coach that he respects. I totally agree. And like, just one last thing with the Porzingis angle. Uh, I, I just think it's time. And one thing, and I know this is from a long time ago, I would love to find a way to get Bradley Beal on this team. I'm from the D.C. area, but I don't see that happening. But one thing that Bill Simmons said a couple months ago, do you think there's any chance they could try to get Buddy Heald on this team and get a – it was like Beal and Bagley, I think the trade was, like for all those years ago? I don't know. I just feel like if you get young guys who can play and more, I just feel like this team needs something to change drastically, and I think that would do something drastically. But thanks for your time, Kurt. I really appreciate it. Sure thing, Matt. So to answer your question, and then I'll bring up, uh, we'll invite Xavier up here to chat here. Uh, Buddy Heald, if if you don't know advanced metrics very well, if you haven't watched a ton of Kings, Buddy Heald might make Tim Hardaway look like an all-NBA first-team defender. Buddy Heald is a disaster on defense. Um, that said, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, what's going on in Porzingis? It's just, it's it's kind of... It's kind of tough to feel because I just I don't think he'll ever get his movement back. And if you were to swing like Porzingis and and healed and then maybe Bagley because you'd you'd be paying for you'd be basically trading to pay Bagley his like an extension of some form. That'd be very interesting. I don't think it would work. And I think my next guest uh, Xavier also thinks it wouldn't work. Actually, um, surprisingly good, honestly. Um, I think when the news broke. I was extremely nervous because it, it's just a lot, man. Like, I think we took the dirt to me personally. I, I think I took Dirk for granted. Like, we were never in this situation where Dirk was here. We had stability. We knew what it was, right? We didn't have to worry if our top player was going to leave. In fact, our top player was going to take a huge pay cut to try and accommodate, you know, more play. So I got complacent. So honestly, as a Mavericks fan, like this feeling of not having the ground beneath me was scary at first, but honestly, I think it's just the best. I think honestly, that low that that Zach Low podcast really turned me around to where it was like it simply wasn't a tenable situation, right? Between Luca and Carlisle, between the front office, it just wasn't sustainable. And honestly, it sucks that someone exposed it in this way so suddenly. But that might have been the only way to create actual change. And so you know what? It's probably gonna end up being a blessing in disguise as long as Mark is able to take his ego out of it actually give up or give autonomy to a general manager and allow him to do general manager things without stepping in the way. I think it's going to be a good thing, man. So I'm, 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 yeah, I, I'm very interested. So there's a lot to talk about with what you just said. I, I think the Cuban situation aspect of it should be like, the the one a or one b thing when it comes with this but we all kind of categorically accept that cuban is going to be how he's going to be now maybe this is me being pipe dream person maybe this is me 
coming to really enjoy the fact like with this this show for example sort of the democratization of content how all of us can do this i'm a big believer in singular voices mattering and i think if enough of us send cuban notes send cuban emails not dm him nastily or said things over twitter etc and we're like dude you need to not your your role is is Bitcoin manager or whatever it is you're doing in your life. Stop with the basketball stuff, please. I'm hopeful he might take a step back. I mean, you and I discussed the piece that I wrote a couple of days ago where I, I excoriated him because he has a long list of saying dumb shit stuff that's patently offensive to any man of color under the age of 30 or over the age of 30 in a lot of sense. Like, he's just a guy who can't, keep his mouth shut and just like enjoys walking into, you know, door frames. And I just, you know, everybody's killing him. And like, at what point is he going to stand up and say, you know what? No, it is not the children who are wrong. I'm an idiot. Like principal Skinner, you know, except the opposite. That's just sort of where my head is with this is like, if we can get Cuban to, to, you know, like I hate the Messiah, Jerry thinks it's just not going to happen, but let's just use it as a test. Thank you. Let's just use it as a test flight though, because what Masai Ujiri represents is like a power GM. What it will take for a power GM to come and join the Mavericks is is somebody saying, or is Cuban saying, I'm not going to be the man I've been the past 11 years. And I don't know if he can do that. I mean, guys, like we need to be real about Mark Cuban. I appreciate him a great deal when it comes to big picture stuff. He's great for the community. He does lots of things that are important. But guys, he disappeared in 2011 and the Mavericks won a championship. If you don't know why he disappeared in 2011, I urge you to go Google Mark Cuban 2011 investigation and you will be aghast. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it on this because it's not that kind of show. But there's enough with Mark Cuban to where I don't understand why he just won't get out of his own way. Because his value as a spokesperson can't be understated. His detriment as a basketball person can't be understated i just there's i I don't know i'm rambling i mean in all fairness look kirk i'm asking mark cuban to have a level of self-control that i wouldn't have because if i owned the mavericks (laughs) i'd be suiting up at halftime and demanding to be starting over luca like you wouldn't be able to control me so look i to end those but in all seriousness look i get it right i get it and look we weren't the best franchise before he came aboard and he helped kind of Changed the way we Huge. review that as an organization. He was at the head of the game investing in facilities and the locker rooms. And, you know, he has been a good owner and even making decisions with the league. I get all that. But I think this article showed that it put a mirror up and said, dude, you got to take a step back. And if you love this team as much as you believe you love this team, you have to take a step back and hire someone and just get out of the way, cut him a blank check, and allow him to do what they do. Because here's the thing, Luca is not Dirk. You could do mm-hmm. that with Dirk because you had that relationship and that rapport, and you knew you had his blind loyalty for the duration of his career. You don't have that anymore. And so now the circumstances have changed, and the same way people have to evolve, that's what we need Cuban to do, evolve, because we're dealing with a temperamental 21-year-old who can't be told shit because his ego is deserved. You know what I'm saying? And so you're dealing with a different animal, and it just requires a different way of doing things. But, um, man, that man, that podcast, man, it was – and honestly, like, 
McMahon could have dropped an article much more explosive than when Tip Cato released for the past like five years. Apparently, like he just been sitting on that was incredible. Oh yeah, I also just got booted from my own room and rejoined, so we're having a great time with this brand new app. Um, Xavier, you're the best, my favorite, one of my favorite contributors. Don't tell the other members of the staff, um, even though they all listen and like five of them are in here. I'm going to bring up uh, my, my guy, Tim Yeager, next. So uh, thanks for hanging out. How you doing, Tim? I don't know. I might leave after that last statement. Eh, you know. I'm just kidding. You, know, you have a day job that, and you can't check Slack. And so Dude, what I, I imagine now. happens to Tim is Tim checks our daily Slack. And for the past few days, he's probably come back to like 2,000 messages where we're all just losing our minds. Um. Yeah, man, I'm I'm walking a kind of a funny line today. Just I, I was a big great guy. I liked him a lot. Um, big fan of his. Thought he was a good coach, but obviously understands uh, the friction and just everything that has come about as of this week. And you know, understanding his relationship with Donnie, um, it made sense for him to step away. Um, but as far as what the future holds, I think I lean towards Mosley. Um, and really, one. I think that the league has kind of shifted to be in a player's coach league. Um, if you think about the top coaches in the NBA, um, Rick's one of them, right? He's hasn't got past the second round in 10 years. Brad Stevens was usually labeled as one of them. He's out of coaching now. Uh, Popovich, I think everyone would say probably him as well. And, you know, Spurs have struggled the past few years, obviously, with so much, you know, transition in their franchise and whatnot. I don't know who else you put in there. Um, maybe Nick Nurse, you know, great run. Um, who else? What, what would you say are some other top coaches that I didn't name? I, it's very tough because I, I, I sometimes think that so many of these jobs are just situationally dependent. Absolutely. Um, based off the team, the players. And so mm-hmm. where I where my head goes is – one, just get the dude that Luca wants, that he likes, first off. But two, I mean, if Luca likes him and the guys in the locker room like him, then there's probably a great chance that other players will like him. And so Rick was a tough coach, good coach, had a, you know, pretty good, besides being tough on rookies and tough on point guards and kind of struggling with some power here and there. But like, if it's Mosley, I'd be happy. But I lean so, more towards like the Chauncey Billups or the Sam Cassells over the Terry Stotts or the, you know, I don't even know who else is out there or what our options are. I haven't really looked well, into it yet, but Willis in the chat points out that I don't think he says, I don't think it's really worth having a coaching discussion until the GM hire happens. And that is a thousand percent accurate. I just don't know how to have a GM discussion. And, you know, maybe we can because. You know, like, I love Mike Fenley. If you go look at, like, go look at Michael Fenley's basketball reference numbers from 1998 to 2004. He does something great, and somebody's taking a piss. That's incredible. Good work, Tim. Um, other Tim. Tim CL, who's here on stage with us. Um, <laughs> oh I don't think he knows he's on stage. That's incredible. Um wow. Uh, that happened in Mark Stein's locker room a couple of weeks ago, and Mark was like, like angry. It's really funny. Um, that's okay. Uh, it's a really short one, though. <laughs> maybe it was like, maybe he was pouring something, but it definitely sounded like he was taking a leak. Uh, he must Whatever. Be a- <laughs> 
that shouldn't be that funny. Uh, uh, what was I even rambling about? Oh, because it's like Michael Finley, for example, you go look at his numbers from 2000 or 98 to 2004. He played something like 39.9 minutes a game over six seasons. Like his numbers are just amazing. And then he just dies after he goes to San Antonio for a year. because Mavericks played him so much. Anyway, uh, from what I've understood, like he's really tried very, diff- you know, he's really tried to learn the ropes, but, I just I don't particularly love the idea of having two internal hires for the Mavericks because they're beholden to Cuban and they're beholden yeah. to the organization. And, you know, I, I if you've ever worked in a situation where you've worked for a boss that needs to hear feedback in a way where it's like, no, you are wrong. It's very difficult to do that if you've worked with that person for a long time. So I just I yeah. just don't love it. No, That's I'm, a, I'm a big um, family I don't, fan. I don't, you know. Big yeah, Finley I love fan, Finley. big I Finley think... guy, but I totally agree about the. That's where I'm kind of like Mosley sounds good and all, um, and even Finley sounds good. But you're exactly right. That just that would show that Cuban hasn't figured out that there's no such thing or no good thing as a two headed monster um, yes. or too many cooks in the kitchen. Right? You have to have a leader um, and one leader, one head um, to be able to do that. And if he doesn't back away a little bit, as we all talked about earlier. And, you know, who knows, but that would kind of show us that he was not (laughs) and that he'll always have his foot in the door and rightfully so. But as far as the decision making or the team building aspect of it and the whole Bob situation is a totally different subject, which I guess we'll figure out probably in the next few weeks or whenever his contract um, ends up and if it renews or what that looks like. But yeah, I mean, big Finley guy, he knows the Mavs, he knows the system, he knows everything about us. Um, but you're right. Hiring someone outside kind of shows at least a, a trust maybe from an outsider's perspective on that, they, that they can come and work within the situation that's there, which maybe that shows that Cuban backs off a little bit, but. Well, all right. Now that I got you on stage, I got to ask you this because I don't think we've had a chance to talk since you went to games three and four in Dallas and you went to game three of your own volition you went to game four, I'm pretty sure, because your personal Twitter account, not the House Mavericks account, won, the, won like a Mavrello drawing. Can can you talk about that a little bit? What was that? Dude, that suite was so nice. So nice, man. Um, that was just completely random. Mavrello, dude, came on the scene hot all over Twitter, just throwing away tickets to people who, you know, I guess that one was just to show that you're a Mavs fan. And uh, I've been married for almost seven years. And so seven years ago, me and my wife left our uh, wedding in dirt jerseys. I don't know how I convinced her to do that, Um, but we got some cool pictures from it. And so I just, you know, obviously posted those. Dirk retweeted those years ago, which was like my highlight when I was 23 years old. Um, But, and so the sweet man was legit, but game four was the worst possible game to be at so game three was fun the building was hype i mean it's been forever last last playoff game i was at was uh the vince carter san antonio series which was a ton of fun so just to be back in the aac like it sucked but at the same time atmosphere was awesome um just tons of fun besides the play on the court and watching bobon run around out there that's incredible well thank you for hanging out with us for a while man all right, we'll talk soon. Okay, El Saint has been waiting for some time. How you doing? What do you got for us? Hit that. What's up, homie? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound. Bet. Thanks, man. 
hope I'm not repeating myself. Uh, a few things. So, yeah, a GM should be picked before we pick a coach. But so far, it seems that Haralbob is still, like, part of the front office, right? Yes. And if, like, the story's true that he's telling Rick what lineups to run, like, does anyone actually want to coach under this guy? Like, is Cuban still letting him be a part of this? Because I think that's a hard sell to anybody, Mosley otherwise, saying, hey, this guy will still tell you who to play, when to play them. Plus, you got, you know, Mark Cuban, who likes to just instigate at all times. Like, that's, that's going to be a tough sell. So, I guess what I'm wondering is, why the hell hasn't he been fired yet? Like, if we're cleaning house, just get rid of everyone. So, I don't have a good answer for why he hasn't been fired. Mark Cuban responding to Tim's story was the first time the Mavericks had acknowledged that he worked for the team. Uh, Haral Boss is, is very into cryptocurrency, just like Mark Cuban. They have a lot of like shared outside non-Mavericks interests. They're both very into numbers. I will say that when it comes to the analytics side of things, this is sort of a natural progression in the sense of this happened in baseball too, where guys who might not have been the most capable of presenting their point of view kind of found themselves in situations that they should have never been put in. I have been very hard on him, Bob, and I think it's deserved. I will also say, though, I am I find myself continually frustrated by Mark Cuban because Mark Cuban brought in him and placed him in the organizational hierarchy. You know, if you've ever seen an organizational flow chart, like if you, you know, any office that you work in, you got presidents, vice presidents, and then people who work under them, yada, 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 whatever the titles are. And he just sort of put this guy out on, on the edge. I know he had one person, I've, I've done some digging and he had one person who reported to him, but the way this whole thing went down was very outside of, of, you know, he made some mistakes, but but really Cuban made most of the mistakes, which should be shocking to nobody. And so I don't necessarily know if he'll work there later, but I will say that, like, it's not been – he's getting some heat in some senses that, like, Cuban put him in a situation where he, he was going to fail, and that Mark couldn't see that as frustrating to me. Hey, hey, Kirk, this is Willis. And to this same point, you know, like I work in software. I do some of this machine learning stuff and analytics and stuff. And that's kind of like my job. And I've worked in a bunch of private equity places, which is a bunch of kind of the big leagues mm-hmm. like Mark that like to look at this sort of stuff. And, man, they always think they're the smartest in the room. They always think like I've got some little impact or some little thing, you know. So, like, I could see Mark wanting a GM that really incorporates this sort of stuff and like would be more – apt to take that kind of thing but still give that person free reign i guess he just felt like donnie wasn't doing any of it you know like or doing any of it enough so mcmahon confirmed something today i had heard like 15 times that and that i mean confirm is a strong term i shouldn't have said that mcmahon said something on the low post today that it was a consensus decision between donnie nelson Haraldos and Mark Cuban to draft Luka Doncic. What I imagine happened is that Donnie said, we should draft this guy. Let's find a way to go get him. Cuban was like, eh. And then that kind of went on for a while. And then their consultant at the time, Mr. Volgaris, said, you know what? I think you should draft him too. 
and Cuban said, all right, let's go get him. And if that happens, if you've ever been in that situation professionally where someone else says the same damn thing you said and they get approval where you get kicked in the shins, it is, I mean, it's, it's getting cut. It's, it's very frustrating. And oh, I yeah. can't, it, it, it's just, it, to me, it's patently insane. That, that I mean, think, think about Donnie sitting back and being like, you mean I could have had Goran Dragic who went crazy in the bubble that everybody wants now, and I could have had all of these moves that I wanted to do that like worked out. I, I, I still think Donnie was way too tied to Porzingis and that Cuban effing hates mm. Porzingis now, like cannot stand him and wants him moved at all costs, and he feels like I can bring a new GM in and kind of wash my hands of it and ignore the sunk costs. I think Hardaway's probably gone too, which is sad, but... Yeah, I've been grappling with sadness all day, but you know what? I think you're right. We do need a fresh start. Uh, maybe we just stick our heads under the sand for a while, see what they do. Well, I mean, we're certainly not going to be bored like that aspect of it. Because like, like I don't know about you guys, but I like dread August every year because the only sport that exists is baseball, and there's just nothing to talk about. And then my my timeline, and I've I've you know slowly grown in followers this year to where I have enough people to where like I get yelled at for everything I say. And so, like, no basketball just means, like, I should, like, delete Twitter from my phone. And this year, I don't have to do that because there's going to be Summer League right through the end of it. Like, this is just going to be a lot of fun. The Mavericks stuff, the the news is just going to keep coming. I'll be honest. I read through the 2011 championship run on Mavs Moneyball when I need something to do during the the season you're describing when the Rangers have already out of it. Uh, One (laughs) other thing I just wanted to say about the coaching, uh, I do really like Moe's. Like, I didn't at first. I'm with you, though. I First of all, I freaking love Michael Finley. I wish I could think of a way that he could stay, but I just don't know how you don't promote him to GM and he stays. So I don't think we really want him as GM. I think Mark's going to want one of his numbers cruncher guys, and he's gonna, that number cruncher guy might want some random-ass coach. We have no idea who is. But I think Moe's would be good, actually, but I just how could we ever fire him? He's Luca's yeah. best friend. Like you, like we're. What if he's bad guys, and then now we're stuck with him forever? And then, like, I think we have two trajectories now. We could really do things really well if Cuban pulls off good things, which he is a millionaire and he does have a mm-hmm. show where he, like, I don't know, some some of those Shark Tank things are successful. But I also don't believe in him. So you know, if Luca leaves, I'm going to follow him and also be a Mavs fan. But let's hope that doesn't I understand. happen. Thank you for hanging together. out. Oh yeah. So so. Let me issue, we're 45 minutes into this thing, and anybody that's listened this far into a podcast or is listening live is a real hardcore fan. Um, I got to watch Jamal Mosley coach the Mavs Summer League team the last time there was a Summer League, which I guess was 2019. Yeah, 2019. He is tall. He is handsome. He is, like, he kind of radiates warmth. I will understand why people want to want him to be coach is, is sort of a thing. He, he like Carl, like scared me so much that I decided I didn't want to do media. Like I didn't want to try to do media for a living. Like he yelled at me one time and I was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Um, but you know, mostly he's just a nice guy. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. I can't see your, your friggin' invites. Um, <laughs> that's just sort of, <laughs> I didn't, the, make, the way I didn't I, make one. I was just being snarky. No, no. The invite thing is not working. So it's like I, I basically I see the request and then I click speaker request and it's giving me a blank screen. Um, no, I, I didn't but, make one. I was just being a jerk. No, that's okay. What do you got? How you doing? <laughs> oh man, enjoying the chaos. I guess. How's Central Time Zone treating you? 
Oh, it's so much better. Everything's an hour <laughs> earlier. I don't have to stay up till four anymore. It's great. <laughs> Went to Velvet Taco. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's pretty something. I love Velvet Taco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all well, right, so who do you not want to be the coach now? You, I saw you were out on Mosley. No, I'm mainly out Jay on kids and no. I'm less. I'm out on Mosley from a conceptual idea, just because. I just think it's a little cool. I just think it's like, but you know, the more I hear and the more I read, you know, you got Hendo, you got, you got people that are talking where like, like who really know what the players want. It's like, the guys are gravitated towards him. And, you know, some people just have that certain thing you can't put a finger on. And I would hate to be the, the team that misses out on that to go get who I'm not married to any particular. Jeff Van Gundy. Oh my God! Deject me into the sun. <laughs> well, you just have to go look at. You just have to go watch that video after. You know, Mosley won that first game when he when Carlisle was out with sure. that positive. They were happy. COVID test, right? Like they were so stoked for him. Yeah, like, that's all you yeah. need, right? Like this team doesn't need a tactical coach, right? <laughs> you have Luca. He's on the you floor. You say that. You say that, and the and then you know. So we got a new contributor who folks know. Um, I don't want to spoil it because he's not done writing yet. But some of, there, some of the tactical shit Carlisle does is just wild. He's the guy you want in a seven-game series. I do understand why people would want him for an eighty-two-game season, though, because sure. it's just like it's it's like you know, would you would you want would you want to have to talk to me every day for eighty-two games? No, like there, it's just like certain coworkers you just don't want to be around, and like Carlisle is just such a sourpuss that I pro. I'm sure they were probably tired of him, but you know, it's 72 games where you're seeing your, you know, your angry guy, you know, it's like four days out of the week. Yeah. Plus all the games oh. are like the day, right? It's like a bunch of back to backs, mm-hmm. all Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to all. Yeah. Get a, like a really oh, yeah. good, assist. you did some of the tactical stuff and you get a Ted Lasso as your head coach, right? <laughs> yep yep well nick so what all have you done today why don't you promote and then i'm gonna let some of these other uh lovely knuckleheads talk oh thanks man yeah we did an emergency pod today it's uh the room is burning it's on youtube if you go watch uh and uh yeah we do daily podcast locked on mavs appreciate that I'll i really enjoyed the screen cap you guys used today for the emergency one because, like, I, I've told Isaac, I, I told him today because he said somebody didn't like his beard and that somebody told him to shave. I think he needs to have a, a – what is that? Harrison Barnes has the over 500 beard for the Sacramento Kings. He needs to have a GM watch beard where he won't trim <laughs> – maybe not shave, but maybe he just won't trim his beard until they do something with, uh, with the GM position. I don't know. I think his wife would have to sign off on that first. And she's already like, you guys do too many podcasts. <laughs> That see, I heard that today too, May, uh, maybe in much stricter, harsher terms. But um, you know, we like talking Mavs. What else are we gonna do? Yeah. Hey, All right. Well, That's thanks it. for hanging out, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, Mr. Moore. You've been waiting patiently. What do you got? Hey, Kirk. Uh, man, what a day, huh? Speaking of locked on Mavs, I, I I babysit as my summer job, and I was just driving these two little eight year olds around listening to locked on Mavs today after the Carlisle news broke. I wasn't even sure if they were paying attention. The podcast comes to an end, and one of them just goes, "So things are kind of bad, huh?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Um, 
But, I mean, not to state the obvious, um, but we're kind of at a crossroads here. You know, Kirk, I'm not used to getting what I want as a sports fan. Isn't like, if I, if I scream into the void, well, yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Like, I'm used to screaming into the void, being like, fire this person, fire this person, trade this player. And then when some of it actually happens, I'm like, oh, this is weird and scary and kind of exciting, but nerve-wracking. That's right. I don't know what to do with some of this because friend of the show, Matt Moore, who is just kind of like like his professional job title might as well be contrarian, was just like, I just don't know about this. And, you know, I was kind of thinking that before because I just I don't like Rick's, Rick's ex's nose stuff. But then you hear about how much friction there was with Ian Doncic, and it's just like, all right, we got to go. You know, everybody made a mountain out of a molehill when um, – like uh, Mark Spears is like, I'm here and Luca's pissed. He might not. I don't know. Yada, yada, all that, whatever today um, from whoever he was hearing it from. And because he was hearing it from somebody, let's be clear. I'm not doubting his reporting. I'm doubting what he was told. Um, but the, <laughs> then they move on from Carlisle, who he clearly, you know, the 85-84, I think it was game six, maybe, uh, when the Mavericks had a chance to really, you know, really do something. And he called the timeout after a offensive foul when the Mavs were up one, and then the the Clippers came back out and just like murdered the the Mavericks. There's that bench scene where where Carl like like Luca's losing his mind at Rick, and I understand why there was zero reason to call a timeout other than he was trying to get a blow for guys. Um, and so it's just you know sometimes you just gotta you, you gotta move, and I'm glad to a certain extent. That Carl could move before things got so contentious that they had to let him go. Like, this seems like it was a decision that everybody kind of came to together versus Donnie. If I'm a betting man, he walked in. I, I'm betting he walked into Cuban's office and said, hammer me. And Cuban said, good. All right. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't really care who they, if they, if they hire Mosley, like, that's fine. Just make Luca happy. Uh, like just, just please, just make the star player happy because, like everyone's been saying, Luca isn't Dirk. He's not gonna exhibit blind loyalty and take pay cuts just to try to make the team better. Um, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I'm a Packers fan, and seeing what Rodgers is doing right now makes me panic. Um, mm. and it's like keep your star players happy. Period. End of the day. Bottom line. Just make them happy. Um, and I mean, that might be an overreaction, but I don't know. It makes me sad too, that Steven Silas got away from us. Cause I mean, I wish that he could be our head coach now, but hindsight is twenty twenty. If they want to hire Mosley then just let them hire Mosley. Um, just make Luca happy, man. Just make Luca happy. Well, thank you for hanging out, Mr. Moore. You'd be good. Of course. All right. I got to go because I apparently have to take my wife to the airport in the morning. Um, So I'm going to bring up Christian and then we're going to head out. Christian, what do you got, dude? Hey, uh, you know, I, I express a lot of the same sentiments everyone else did. I'm extremely nervous, but the one thing I just do not want to see is Finley getting the ops role or GM role, whatever, and Mosley getting the coach, right? Because I think that's change on the outside, continuity on the inside. 
And I think it really changes nothing when it comes to Cuban Cubans' involvement in everything. And I made this comparison earlier today. I'm a Raiders fan. I feel like Mark Cuban is becoming like Al Davis. He was great early on, right? And, you know, I guess to an extent that's debatable with Mark, you know, getting involved in things. But towards the end, he had his hands in every single decision and thought, you know, just athleticism and this can still win and didn't adapt to the modern game. Um, You know, I even posed the question or the idea of, you know, if we do go external in a sense for the GM, maybe just hire Bill Duffy. (laughs) Maybe just bring, you know, there's agents going in, but. Uh, I love that. I love that just because I had two other people send me DMs today where it's like, could we just hire Rich Paul? Could we hire Rich Paul to be the GM? Which I just, I loved. Um, Because it's not, you know, it's funny to say out loud, but then you look at kind of what's happened with New York, what happened um, with Arn Kellum. I think he's up in Detroit. I can't remember. Um, But some of these big power agents of of yesteryear, like, eventually became GMs. And that's just, that's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting idea. Really, really is. Um, uh, you know, I like the Al Davis comparison. I don't know if Cuban, this is where it's like, I find the local media way too accepting of this sort of thing. Like Jerry Jones is an institution for kind of a very different reason. Like they won multiple championships under him spending all the money in the world. What Cuban did was break the system in very interesting ways in the 2000s. They traded everybody under the sun. They did all sorts of fun stuff. They won a title, and then they convinced themselves that they knew the CBA better than everyone else. And then, instead of actually just making a better team, they started this odd campaign, and it starts. it's really embedded in the local media. Like some of the articles that have come out of the various papers, I don't want to name anyone in particular because I like a lot of these people, and then the various radio people is just bordering on like, it's not of this age. I don't want to necessarily call it wrong, but it's just missing the point. And and I find myself just very curious. And I think that we're just in an age now where hopefully us as consumers, for somebody who's so forward facing as Cuban, will eventually start to hear that what we want is the Mavericks to be good. We don't, you know, we appreciate him. But we don't care about him the way I care about Luca. I'm never going to tell my child the tale of Mark Cuban serving soft serve at my high school Dairy Queen or the time that Mark Cuban behind the scenes got the uh, uh, shot clock to be visible from any point in the gym. That's true, by the way. He's been very influential. But it's just this sort of stuff doesn't matter to what we watch the game for. He's improved it. But I don't think of him. I don't care about the ownership or the stewardship or the GMing. The lo- like the columns are like, ah, you, you're going to be missing Donnie. Donnie's one of the most important figures in basketball history. I've said this repeatedly. He's high key, extremely important. Go watch the movie about the other dream team. Donnie helped get like Yugoslavian basketball back on their feet after they, you know, were, were, were like uh, after they got uh, the, the Soviet bloc fell. Like, we're talking, like, we're like actually important stuff here, not just, like, basketball goofy stuff. But at the same time, like, nobody talks about who drafted who. That's such an asinine argument, and I'm tired of people making it. I don't celebrate front offices. 
I celebrate players and I celebrate laundry. And so I'm just very frustrated by all of this because I feel like I'm like gaslit by these people constantly telling me these people, meaning local Dallas media people telling me, ah, you're not thinking about this. Trust me, guys, I'm thinking about this and the Mavericks because I think about the Mavericks all the time. I have a sickness. Anyways. Hi, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love I show my girlfriend that picture you posted of like, you know, he's thinking about women. Who's going to be the next general manager of the Mavs? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, that's definitely it. But there's just two points I want to finish on. I know you, you got to get going, and I appreciate you as always. Um, but if we do, uh, you know, hire mostly, I hope we're able to fill out the rest of the staff with veteran, you know, head coach experience type of uh, guys to really, you know, surround him and those kind of things, I think. That's going to be extremely important if we do go that direction. And I think, you know, to your point of not thinking about Mark Cuban, uh, no real, none of the fans do. We care about winning and we care about our generational superstar. So he has to make the decision. Does he want to write his path and, or really write his story of winning with two superstars uh, that he, you know, this franchise drafted? And be able with this generational superstar to be able to win multiple titles by staying out of things, or does he want to be Dan Gilbert? So I'll just end with that. And, you know, like I said, Kirk, appreciate you as a sure thing, buddy. Okay. So here's what we're going to do Friday. By the time you guys are hearing this on a podcast, it's going to be passed. I, I do kind of a normal show. I'm not going to record the Friday show. Uh, which that means, you know, you guys can bring your extra salty questions because sometimes I worry about getting in trouble. Uh, we'll do probably 30 to 45 minutes. I've been doing it at 1230 Eastern. I might have to do, or I'm sorry, 1230 Central. I might have to do it a little bit later tomorrow. I have to go get my kid and figure out what to do with him. Otherwise, he might be joining our show. And his Mavericks questions are are very centered around the fact that why doesn't Luca take every shot? I don't know how to explain that sort of stuff to him. Um, okay, this has been fun. You guys are wonderful. A lot of people for a random uh, Thursday night uh, episode. As always, tell your friends, subscribe, rate, do all the fun stuff, and we will. Uh, you know, we'll be answering questions tomorrow, and we'll have some fun. So as always, Kirk Henderson of, of Mavs Moneyball. This has been Radio Free Mavs, and we will talk to you guys very soon.